Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogomilis, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Uh, and I'm okay. It's just like the weather here in the D.C. metro is that sort of gross, like... It's kind of chilly, but also humid, and it's like the barometric pressure is wonky. I've had a headache all day. Like it's not, it's not a great time here in our nation's capital area. Yeah, this is what it is to live in a swamp. Sorry. And my stand, my seemingly standard warning that I'm putting at the top of the show for the past few weeks. My cats are asleep in here, <laughs> in the closet, in the closet of sound. So hopefully they'll just stay asleep and not jump on me like they did. Like one of them did last week. No, I had to help Baker down last week because Hammer yes. jumped on me the week before that. So I mean, you never know. It's like it's this is where this is live television, but a podcast. So anything <laughs> could happen. Um, hopefully they'll just stay asleep. But if you hear weird jingling sounds, you're not going crazy. It's just my cats who have bells in their collar. Um, anyway. So what are yeah. we talking about this week? Um, we are talking about. It's a little bit of a um. Right now, in terms of timing of what's coming out and what's on, it's a little bit of a weird time. We're sort of in the middle of all the PBS fall shows. There aren't that many new fall shows because of the strikes. Congrats to the WGA on their deal, by the way. Give SAG after a one-two. And I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. We're, we haven't covered this show on the pod before, but we've sort of always meant to-ish. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned it on sort of roundup episodes or preview episodes, and it is the HBO, well, it's not HBO, the Max, sorry, I'm going to call that HBO Max or just HBO until I die, much like it's going to always be National Airport. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and Twitter. And it's a, the Max Comedy Starstruck, which is a cute little rom-com that I suspect a lot of people haven't seen because... Max basically like doesn't promote it for some insane reason. It's very charming and I feel I feel a little bad I think that we're not getting this getting to this until it's third season if only because it's third season is really different from its first two seasons. So I don't know that I don't know that we're either going to explain this to you guys like really well or or that it's going to be as I don't know. It's a, it's very different this season and it's not it's hard to explain. I feel like this Star Trek, you know, I feel like this is the second time this year that we've hit a show right as it ends by complete accident. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, I think you're referring to The Great, right? Yes. But I feel like when I saw The Great's final season, like, I felt like that really could go either way. Yeah, no, I don't feel that with Starstruck. I feel like Starstruck really did end here. I don't know if it did or not, which is the weird thing. Like I can see, I I can see it doing both. I don't. Where, whereas with the great, I could I could make an argument for either ending it where it was or keeping it going. I think you could really you really could go either way. Here, I feel like it doesn't make me question so much whether the show should continue, but whether we needed this third season at all. Um, it's very weird. And it, we, we should probably start with since I I. Very much doubt a lot of you have seen Starstruck. Um, can I but- just can I just interrupt you? I'm sorry. Every time you say the name of this show, all I can hear is the Lady Gaga song "Starstruck," and it starts playing oh. in my head every time. We definitely don't have the rights to play that song on the show, <laughs> um, but Gaga forever. 
But uh, I feel like we should at least like tell you what Starstruck is. It's okay. a romantic comedy that's basically Notting Hill, but kind of in reverse. And it starts with a deadbeat feels like a strong word because she's just she's really a little bit of like a lost millennial kind of named Jessie who's working at a movie theater and she is a little directionless and she goes to a New Year's Eve party and she has a New Year's Eve hookup as so many people do at that time of year and then she gets home with this person the next day to realize to learn that they're like a major movie star yeah and they have hooked up and she they really like each other but she's like oh you're incredibly famous and the show is basically them trying to figure out whether or not they can take that sort of one night together and turn it into a real relationship like whether or not the thing that's going on between them is real it's very it's it's very cute and sweet and super super tropey it's it's basically like a tv version of all the rom-coms we used to watch back in the 90s yeah and it's it's adorable the um the 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 woman who plays Jesse the heroine uh Rose Metafeo um she's okay she's actually she's actually from New Zealand who uh, a New Zealander living in London um she's a comedian uh she grew up loving rom coms and you can tell like she references the first two seasons are basically like smashing together all of the rom com tropes like you can see them like there's some Harry met Sally um at one point. Like um, Tom, who is the A-list guy uh, played by uh, Nikish Patel, um, he, her her she she puts him in her phone as Tom Famous. Um, he says, "I can't chase you through the airport. I have bad knees." Um, there's like a whole like the, the all of the tropes are there. Like she runs through them, and it's clear that she loves them. But there's also like a sort of a the the reason that I loved this show when I finally sat down to watch it is that I felt like she took the concept of the rom-com and she said what if we run it through a reality filter what if you actually like what happens if you actually try to make a rom-com real what happens like and Jesse is um it's sort of a um, I believe the trope is referred to as grumpy sunshine, where Jesse is the grump and Tom is the sunshine. I don't really think either. I don't think that's the trope that's happening here. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, honestly, I think she's a little more hobgoblin-y. Like, she's very sort of cynical, and he's very sort of like, he he's very starry-eyed. No, I mean, it's not, if you've ever, if you've ever seen, I would never call Tom starry-eyed. What show are you watching? <laughs> um... I would. It's Notting Hill. If you've seen yeah, okay. the movie Notting Hill, this show is Notting Hill, except uh, it's a it's Tom is in the Julia Roberts part, and Jesse is in the Hugh Grant part. Okay, I call him Starry Eyed because he keeps seeming to think that they can make it work, and Jesse keeps seeming to think that no, they're too different. And so that's I think why I think of him as sort of the starry eyed one, and her sort of like being cynical and being like, "Don't be ridiculous. You're famous. I work in a cinema. What the hell?" But the thing is, like, the thing is, is I don't actually, uh, I don't even know how to talk about this because because basically, so the first two seasons are very super rom com tropey. They do the big grand gestures. They break up. They get back together, like by kissing in a public fountain. A la, like it's got Notebook vibes. It's mm-hmm. very. Like, it's very all comfy and familiar. And the nice part about it is that the show sort of really, the show really leans into it. Like, it's clear that, you know, it knows why we like and are drawn to these sorts of stories. But the third season sort of turns a lot of that on its head. And 
what happens is in the first two seasons, one of the great things that felt like sort of comforting about it was that it was so like, here are the tropes and we know what this is and we know how the story goes. You never really felt, or at least I didn't feel, a question of whether or not they would work it out. It was just sort of like, how would they work it out? Because that's the kind of story uh, this is. And that's the kind of blueprint it follows. The third season does not do that. See, okay, that's where you and I differ. Because it's a romance. It's a romance. It's a rom-com. Rom-coms are but, like, it works out in a rom-com. Okay. In season- and that's exactly what the first two seasons did. And the third season doesn't do that. And I'm not saying it's not good. But the third season sees Jesse and Tom break up. It's not a spoiler. It happens in the first, like, Three minutes of the show. (laughs) And they do a sort of like montage of their relationship a la like the first minutes of the Pixar movie up, except no one dies. And then you see them. uh, It does a time jump and they run into each other again, ostensibly for the first time in two years at Jesse's friend's wedding. And Tom is invited to this for some insane reason. But so they run into each other there. It's all awkward. It stirs up feelings. Jesse also meets a cute electrician guy named... Liam, <laughs> Liam there and they kind of flirt and they I think make out to make her feel better about having run into her ex or something like that and and it's there's like a love triangle and it's I don't know it, the tone is very different because there's not there was not for me that sort of sense of safety that was like built into kind of the glittery first two seasons of it and it actually ends really I probably very um uh, I'm going to say maturely, I guess. Like, it ends realistically, I think. But I don't think that this show was ever selling realism, which is why I think it lands a little weird for me. And I I still enjoyed it. But looking back on it now that I have watched it, um, it does... I don't know that I needed this third season. Okay. I kind of like to return it. Okay. Um, so, first of all, I, I, want, I want to back up a bit. Um... First, um, so Star Trek is one of those shows where everybody told me I'd love it and that I absolutely had to watch it. Um, and one of the reasons why I've always wanted to do this podcast is because it was the way to for- sort of force me to watch this. And like the great, this is one of those ones where I would put it on the schedule and it would get bumped. I put it on the schedule and it would get bumped. So when I finally put it on the schedule, I said, we're not bumping it this time. Um, I watched season one and season two very closely back to back. And then we got the season three screeners, I think like three weeks later, not even a month later. And I watched those in one sitting. So I watched all three very close together. So that's the first thing. And I think that may also be coloring my view of the show. Maybe. I watched I watched the them all when they came out. Okay. I mean, I watched screeners for this season, but I watched season one and season two in time so you had much you had a much bigger gap between each okay so that's the first thing i want to i want to absolutely make clear here second watching season two even before i saw season three i very much felt like season one was a bunch of meat cutes in a row like that was sort of the, the 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 joke is that they kept meeting cute over and over again and this is how we got through all the rom com tropes um, and that the relationship didn't have to work in a way because they just kept meeting cute. Um, and that way you didn't even have to like look for holes because they never had a relationship because they just kept meeting cute. And season two, there was this level of this relationship doesn't work. Yes, we're supposed to wait for them to work it out. But it was very obvious to me in a lot of ways that I don't know, Tom just wasn't worthy of Jesse. 
Like, there's this moment in season three where she says, oh, it's just like old times and me sitting around in sad rooms waiting for you when she when Tom apologizes for being late after she's been waiting for him backstage. And I was just like, yeah, that was the problem with season two is that it was just her sitting around waiting for him a lot of the time when she was such a vivacious person who didn't need to be sitting around waiting. And I think that also, to me, sort of colored the way I looked at this show, that there was a level where even though, yes, I wanted them to work, I felt a lot of the time like they didn't and that there was something that had to give that 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 neither of them wanted to give, that that that, that required a fundamental change within them that would never work because if they made that change they would no longer be the people that they fell in love with does that make sense sort of but that's not the show i watched okay right okay i understand that they they they, you (laughs) no 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 i understand that, that fundamentally i saw season two very very differently than you did and i think that may be the key to why i liked season three much more than you did i mean i don't hate season three it just i don't i don't know what it was doing i loved season three and i and and that actually i didn't realize that you did not love season three until the other day when i said to um i said to our sound guy was asking when we were going to record this and i said that we were probably gonna have to do it a little bit late because of this that the other thing there were delays whatever and i said oh don't worry we'll be doing it pretty quickly because we're both gonna just love this and Lacey was like "Eh." and i was like wait what you didn't love season three? <laughs> oh, oh. Um, and that's when I suddenly realized that maybe she and I had very different reactions to this. I, well, I don't, like I said, I don't think season three is bad. No, I think no, no. It's just not, I just think it's not the show it says on the tin, if that makes sense. Okay. Because part of, part of what I enjoy about this show is that it's so unapologetically uh, swoony and sparkly and rom-commy season three is not that no season three suddenly decides to become like a weird ensemble comedy which is not bad per se but i don't care about jesse's friend <gasps> ah. i never have ah. like i like kate what's her dumb husband's name her dumb husband's ian. name is ian um like i like i just am, am like i did not watch the show for another 20 something see i show that's not what i that's not what the show told me it was it's not what the show has been uh, so watching it suddenly be like well now we're going to be like a like a 30 something or whatever is just very it's it's jarring it's jarring see i now that's the other thing i think also that always resonated for me um, that that I guess just didn't resonate for you in those first two seasons and therefore did not work for you in season three. Jesse and Kate's relationship was for me just as important as Jesse and Tom's relationship. Um, Jesse and Kate as a unit that Kate supported Jesse, that Kate told Jesse, no, go for this, was just as important to me. That Kate loved Jesse enough to tell her, no, you deserve an A-list actor, was just as important to me. And that's because for me in my life, and this is just a personal thing, having a best friend who is your cheerleader, who is your who who is your rock, has always been as important of a love story as my husband. 
I I in no way disagree with any of that. I actually think it's super important for people to have those relationships in their lives that are not romantic ones. But I also think that it is fair to say that this is a little bit of a bait and switch. Okay. Because that's not what this show was advertised as. It's not what the show has been. I think that relationship has been great on the show, but the show is not called Jesse and Kate. No, that's true. Like, it just, it doesn't, I don't know. Like, that's fine. And I'm glad you enjoy that. And I think those relationships are really important. But I also, I, I would have had different expectations from a show that was about a group of 30 something friends figuring out their lives in London. Okay. I also because think. Because I've seen that show. <laughs> I also think, and I do think this is important because I, especially in season two, thought Jesse deserved better than Tom. Um, and that I kind of didn't buy into the sparkle that there was a level where I sort of backed into the Jesse and Kate relationship as a default because I was kind of irritated with Tom making Jesse sit around and wait for him. And I did sort of want like something better for her. And so seeing they had just and this is I didn't actually know this. Apparently, Emma City, who plays Kate yeah, they're best friends in real they're life. They're apparently the best. And apparently they were roommates in real life. And apparently, and uh, this is the other thing, Al Roberts, who plays Ian, is actually Emma's husband in real life. Like, that's actually all real. Um, well, I have lots of theories about why people who are married in real life should not <laughs> play people who are together on shows. And this is uh, bolstering that. They do not have great chemistry. They don't actually have great chemistry. Um uh, Ian is kind of irritating, but I sort of think that's sort of his point. He's a very he's he's such a tropey character that you find in British comedies that I just sort of wrote him off as oh yeah he's that, and I just sort of put him in the corner and sort of left him there. Um, that you know he's he, that useless male is just such a British trope. Um, and I I eh. anyway um I've just been living with it my whole life. Like I think. One of the very first British things I ever saw was the Norman Conquest, and Reg was the useless, the useless white male. And I've just always expected the useless white male to be a stock character. So Ian doesn't bother me the way he does you. Um, so the fact that Jesse and Kate's relationship became so important this season, and the whole babies thing. You know, that I think that's something that for me has been very lucky that I have been basically surrounded by people who didn't have children and that I only have a very few friends who did. So I haven't had to go through this, but I really very much that 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 storyline resonated with me in a lot of ways, as did the sort of sense that Jesse had that she had spent all this time with Tom and it didn't work that in the end. They weren't meant to be together, that she had, that, that, that had she, that there was this sort of existential question of had she wasted her life by hoping for Tom? And that she was sort of coming to, I felt very much, and I, I maybe, may, maybe you didn't feel this, but that almost some of the will, that not that there was a will they or won't they in this season, because I was definitely rooting for won't. But that there was almost a level where her drive to the, the fact that she and Tom kept running back into each other and almost considering it was that she wanted what had been between them not to be a waste. Yeah, I get that. Okay. Um, I'm glad you. Okay. I'm glad that that part was not something that, that only I felt. I mean, okay. 
I mean, I understand. I understand that interpretation. I don't. I I may sound have sounded too much like I agree with it a second ago, because I think part of the problem for me is, well, it's several problems. One I've sort of touched on before, which is I don't. I feel like I bought something that came in the wrong box. Mm-hmm. If that if that makes sense. No, no. And I also think that. Because there are some themes at work here that I think are are really important, especially for a show like this that does like to poke and deconstruct romantic tropes. I think there is something very valuable in in interrogating the idea that you can only have one great love of your life because that's BS. Like there's more than one person out there for everybody. Like you just, like if you you don't like miss your one chance at happiness if a relationship doesn't work out. I think that's really important. But I also don't like if that was. If that was the goal, I don't think breaking them up, skipping two years, and then addressing it was the way to tell that story. Because it never really felt like it was about that story as much as, like, if this was going to be a trilogy and this was going to be, like, the crash and burn third part of it, like, the fact that we fast forward through all of that is sort of annoying. And as much as I actually liked Liam, and I think the show does a good job of actually kind of coming up with a love triangle where both sides are... Like, you can make an argument for both sides, which I think is hard to do. And I really liked Liam, and I think, you know, there are a lot of things about him that make him a good option for Jesse. I wish the show had leaned a little bit more into the fact that he has a blue-collar job. Mm, yes, absolutely. Like I, like, I wish the show had poked at that a little more. Mm-hmm. And, absolutely. Um, I wish that there was a real class aspect to this that the show was desperately afraid to touch. Like something, yeah, something that she felt more comfortable mm-hmm. around him because he, you know, she works, she like sells tickets at a movie theater. So yes. I think she felt, you know, he's more on her level or something in that way. So I think that would have been interesting. But I also just like by trying to deconstruct like the end of Jesse and Tom's relationship via like a two minute montage was just it, it feels so t- it feels so lazy like if we're gonna go through all these reasons why they're not right for each other like let's actually do that instead of time jump it i felt like that was supposed to be a shock value i really did well also because i can't believe that they haven't seen each other i mean granted i'm not a huge believer in being friends with exes <laughs> um i've never successfully done it um my friends that have, I still hate their ex. So, <laughs> oh well. Um, I d- so I don't. I, so I, I totally makes sense to me that they would like not have talked for that long. But I also feel like in that space of time, like some of these issues that seeing him again brings up for her would have naturally like already happened, come up, been a thing. Well, I feel like the ma- okay. Um, I excuse those as, um, Jesse is definitely an untherapized person, as we might say. Yeah, I think you like Jesse more than I do. I think she's an entire mess. I, I, yeah, I do think that is also true, that there is a level where I really liked and identified with Jesse. Like, I think she's a good character. I don't particularly like her. Ah, I think that that also is part of this. I think that may also be part of the problem that you really liked Jesse and Tom, where I really liked Jesse. And I think that that may actually be part of the problem here for season three is that if you really like Jesse as a person and as a mess and as a human being, 
than having her on her own, sort of trying to decide whether or not Tom, her relationship with Tom wasn't a failure. Basically coming to terms with the idea that her relationship with Tom is over and also not a failure. I also, um, I also dislike how little Tom is in this season. Mm, okay, I will actually agree not, with that. Not, parti- not, particu- not particularly because, because I, you know, I'm upset about the status of the relationship, although I would have preferred different choices there. But I also feel like the second season, we, like, met Tom's family. Mm-hmm. Like, we we saw, like, a lot of things going on, like, with him and his interior sort of emotional journey. Yes. And he's literally in, like, four scenes in this season. And I don't know why any of the things he does are things he does. I abs... Okay. That is a very valid argument and is probably the biggest problem with season three for me is that it is an unbalanced season. I actually really like his fiance. I do like, how did you end up? With, I'm like, how did you end up with her? Mm-hmm. Who is she? Where did this come from? But I have no idea because like. And Jesse has so, and Jesse wants to hate her. And she's like, God damn it. No, she's great. Crap. And, like, I wish that they'd made Jesse confront that so much more. I wish that we'd seen much more of Tom. One of the things about Starstruck that I just loved when I, both as a concept and then when I actually sat down and watched it, is that this is one of those shows that literally sits down and makes you, like, listen, having a show with a South Asian superstar lead is not something that British television does. Okay. Also, who's hot? I'm just gonna say it. Mm-hmm. Put it out there. And so, like having this this very very hot guy as the lead, who is South Asian, and having that kind of South Asian representation in a romantic comedy is great. And then sort of just disappearing him in this season was, I mean, there's just there's just issues with that, and that bothered me. I wish that we'd had a lot more of him. That being said, I do like Jesse and Liam as a couple. I do feel like not having Tom around meant that there was a lot less exploration of why Jesse is comfortable with Liam in a way she was never with Tom. That there, why Tom works better with Clem than than he did with Jesse. Why Clem is perfectly happy to sit around in sad rooms for Tom waiting when. Or maybe she doesn't. Maybe she has her own acting career and is too busy to sit around. Like, there's so much that would that 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 didn't get explored. And I know that this show well, is like I mean, twenty two like minutes. Like I was minutes... going to say before, yeah. If this was going to be like the third part of a trilogy, like okay, you'd say Jesse's like sad, sitting around in sat rooms, sitting around sad in empty rooms, waiting for Tom. Maybe the answer there is that's a Jesse issue. Like, what is Jesse not doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what? It, like, I don't. I don't know that. Like, like if she's so upset about that, like, what is she doing? What is missing in her own life? Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like the show ever really addresses that either, because she's still working like a dead end job. And I thought that one speech her her mom's friend gives to her about like you're doing okay, like your life's not actually that bad, is like uh, was very funny and very true. But also, I don't know, like. The aimlessness of her arc in that regard is really weird to me. Well, I think, again, this is a class issue. For a working class girl, what she's doing with her life is not that bad. And if you are perfectly happy spending your life living at that level 
and being a working class girl and marrying a guy who's an electrician and having his babies and spending your life there. That's cool. And I think that and that is also something the show is very unwilling to explore. And I think that's something that Americans don't. I think it doesn't want to explore that partly because I don't think Americans would get it. Well, America think Americans tend to think everybody should be ambitious. Yes. And I no, no, no. I do think that's actually very important here because the fact that she's as a, you know, we, we the fact that she's sitting around not doing things while it's Clem sitting it is it, Clem going out and being an actress and basically like working while Tom is working and the two of them have I mean maybe, maybe. I don't know they don't tell me right but <sighs> that is the sort of thing that we sort of want from her we want her to step up there's a level where as i said in season I mean, 2 i it's felt not even so much of like an ambition issue but it's a like wow you are giving this one person's behavior like a lot of control over your own happiness like you could go do something else, like read a book while he's working or something, like get a Nintendo. I don't know. In season two, the thing I said is that something had to give that would change them so fundamentally. And either Tom would have to give up acting, which would change him from the person that Jesse fell in love with, or Jesse would have to become much, much more ambitious and creative and driven which would change. I don't even know. I don't even. I don't even know if I would think ambitious is the right word there. I'm just like, do something. Yeah, but not dependent on Tom. And right, right. But actually, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not his job to make sure you're not sitting bored in a room waiting for him. Mm-hmm. Like you could do something else while that's happening. But there's a level where Tom really loved how dependent she was on him, mm. and. That I think. I wish you guys could see the face I made just there. I don't agree with that statement. But okay. Okay. But that to me was something that I that 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 I felt about season mm. two that bothered me and is part of why I didn't like them as a couple. The fact that I got the sense that Tom liked that she didn't have that she that she was just sitting there waiting that she was sitting there waiting for him. Um, I never got I never got that vibe okay. from him that he really that he was just really like enjoying her him her being in his beck and call or anything. I think, again, one of the things the show drops in its third season is a lot of the reason that Tom is like that because is because of his family. Yes, and because he is and that is, you know, he's very driven and very determined to succeed because of his family and his family just is not in. There's really no. Except maybe for the very last scene of the two of them together, there's almost no interiority of Tom mm. this season, which is a shame. It is a shame. Um, I did love that last scene. I I don't know about you, but the the that I burst out laughing. At, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> I mean that that's that 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 was up there with Fleabag's it'll pass. Okay, like in terms of like pausing and having to like literally like wipe away tears i was laughing so hard moments um and that's the other thing about star trek is that when it's funny it is you know you've called it star trek at least three times now sorry starstruck (laughs) um star trek is also good (laughs) different show though groove slam sorry um keep starting in my head every time you say it um starstruck 
really just made, it really did make me laugh out loud in, like, gut laugh levels. Um, and in a way that, in a way that I, that, that made me mentally compare it to Fleabag more than once when I was watching. Um, and, and I don't think that's an accident either. I think that they really are sort of two peas in a pod in tight, in, in, in terms of, like, British female comedy. Um, and I really do, like, if you love Fleabag, like, I do actually recommend you watch this, especially now that I've seen season three. Season three feels more Fleabag adjacent than the first two. Yes, definitely. But now that I've seen them, I definitely feel like they are on the same wavelength more than I probably realized before. Um, and again, as I said, I watched all three much closer together. And I think that that really did color my view of seasons one and two in a way that perhaps it wouldn't have had high, like had a good year of space in between. Mm. Because it's also I mean, and maybe this is just because I did watch them further apart. Like after I watched the first season, I was like, oh, that was really sweet and adorable. And I would have been absolutely fine if they'd never even gave it a second season. Like, it felt fairly self-contained to me. And then mm. season two happened, and I was like, oh, that's really adorable. I'm perfectly fine with where that ended. I don't know if I need another season. And now season three is here, and I'm like, I really don't know if I need another <laughs> season. Okay. Whereas but- I definitely agree with you now that having seen all three seasons together and seeing it as a trilogy, I definitely feel like that was the end. Like that, that to me was okay. And now Tom and Jesse go their separate ways. Jesse will be with Liam. Tom has gone home to, to the fiance and we are, and, and this is done. Like, I don't, I can't see a season four. Like, I just don't see it. I don't, well, I mean, I think you absolutely could because I think season three, the, I think the pivot to like more of an ensemble thing is not an accident. And I think that's like, I think it is now going to be, should it come back more of an, a, a, a group friendship comedy than a specifically like rom-com homage if you will i mean like, i just because i don't like season three season three was a pretty hard swerve in that regard as far as i'm concerned and i feel like if it came back for season four it would be like look at jesse and all of her friends doing friend things i mean maybe or having like friend experiences i, I mean maybe i just i don't know like i I feel like I I didn't say I didn't say I wanted that. I <laughs> I just am saying okay. that I think that's where it could go. Okay. Honestly, like I felt like I've watched Jesse grow up in three seasons. That's what I felt like I watched. And Jesse has grown up and now she got in that van and she's ready to go home. And then we're done here. Like that's really truly how I felt. Mm, I think grow up is a stretch. Well, but less of a mess. Huh? Take her mess home. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that 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 that's basically how I feel. Um, I don't need another season, and and I feel like in the same way that we hit the great at the end, I feel like we are hitting starstruck right at the end. That's what I feel. Um, I think we probably are because I mean, also because I think that David Zaslav is just going to cancel every single thing. Oh as yeah, one hundred percent. I think like every Max show is DOA at this point, pretty much. Um, um and, though but... I will, I will one hundred percent grieve. Our flag means death when it does. I got to tell you, I think part of the reason I haven't watched that yet is I'm afraid to get attached to it before he inevitably cancels it. Oh. Um. Oh. But oh. back to Starstruck. Yeah, I, oh. I, I think that. Oh my gosh! Shut up. <laughs> She's literally like whimpering into the microphone with these big eyes. It's really uncomfortable. Um, what was I gonna say? 
uh, I don't. Um, I wish don't Emma know. were here so she would do it with me, and you would just break down and go watch the show out of like Look, sheer trust guilt. Me, I know a lot of my Good Omens friends are self medicating with our flag means death, but I can only take so much emotional distress in a six month period. <laughs> so, what was I actually talking about the show? I was talking about Star Wars season. I mean, I really do think most Max shows. Um, especially those that are strictly max only are pretty much DOA at this point. Mm-hmm. So, one hundred percent. I don't think there'll be a season four. I don't. I don't know that. I don't feel as satisfied. See, the way you feel right now is kind of how I was feeling at the end of the great season three, where I was like very satisfied with where it stopped. If it stopped there forever, but I would absolutely watch more of it if it continued. And now I'm just like I am not particularly satisfied with this and don't want to watch anymore anyway. Ah, okay. Although I would, I'm sure I would watch a season four. Um, the cast is really great. The show is very funny. It is. And I like Lee and I like Liam a lot. So maybe I would really like them together. I just still I'm gonna walk away from this with a bit of a weird taste in my mouth. Um, it's kinda like this is like such a specific reference. And if you don't live in or near the South, I don't know that you're gonna get it. But it's like if you roll up to a place and you order a Dr. Pepper and they give you a Mr. Pib. <laughs> You have that kind of weird taste in your mouth because you have a Mr. Pib and you thought it was going to be a Dr. Pepper. That's how I feel about this. Listen. I don't know where Annie went. <laughs> Listen. Look, it's an analogy that works, okay? It is not only an analogy that works, but I'm just going to tell you that if you offer me a Pepsi, the answer, if you ask if Pepsi is okay, the answer is absolutely not. I mean, I can deal with Pepsi. It's fine. But uh, I am Southern, so when you ask me what I want I just say a coke and if it's Pepsi it's okay but I will just say coke because it's shorthand but yes this season this season is the Mr. Pib of seasons for me. <laughs> yeah no Mr. Pib is not okay Dr. Pepper is what I asked for Pepsi is not okay coke is what I asked for I can live with diet Pepsi but Mr. Pib is an abomination <laughs> um sorry for the five of you out there that enjoy Mr. Pib I don't know <laughs> But that was like the best explanation for how I feel having opened like an unmarked can of soda in this season and getting something I didn't ask for. And I have died. All right. <laughs> um, I guess we're, I guess Annie looks done. So I guess that's we're on my amazing analogy. That's where we're going to leave this. And uh, I will say tell the people where you are on the Internet. Um, let's see. I'm at any bundle just about everywhere. You can also find me. Uh, uh, let's see. I am the associate editor here at Televisions, and I also freelance around the web. I uh, I write for Crud. I uh, I freelance at Prime Timer. Um, I freelance freelance at uh, MSNBC, um, Salon, some other places. I don't know places. I write places. I don't know. Find me. Google me. Go to not Twitter. Other places. Blue Sky. Yeah, there we go. That sounds like that sounds like a place I might be. Instagram. There are pictures of my cats at Annie Bundle on Instagram. There we go. Um, thanks. Um, I am Lacey MB on all of the things, including the app formerly known as Twitter and Blue Sky. And I don't know. I write here a lot. At, I write a lot here. I can put words together well at televisions and around the entertainment web. But I always tweet my bylines and occasionally share some pictures of my cats who. I think well, one of them has left, so I don't know when that happened. I guess that means he must have been quiet. But um, thanks, Baker and Hammer, for not breaking anything during this process. 
If you just want the site and the pod, we are on social media at Telly underscore Visions on Twitter and Televisions blog, all one word, on Facebook. If you like what we do, you can visit us at televisions.org to read our recaps, reviews, news updates, listicles, a new series we are planning to try out called Better Late Than Never, which is where I'm going to talk about things I didn't have time to talk about when they were on, but that are recent, not like Classics Revisited. I just really wanted an excuse to talk about a couple of very specific shows, the um, through line of which will be immediately apparent once they go up. But uh, if you really like what we do, you can click on that donate button up top to help us keep making all of this great content for your eyes and ears and maybe even get access to PBS Passport, which will give you lots of early and exclusive binge opportunities this fall, including for World on Fire, uh, Hotel Portofino, Annika, and the final season of Doc Martin too, I believe. So it's a lot happening. It's a lot going on. It is officially fall. I just got a very long email from our HR department about uh, (laughs) vaccination clinics at work. So get your flu shot, get your COVID booster, get your, I don't even know, I guess there's an RSV vaccine or something. That's only if you're over 60. Oh, rude. (laughs) Um, Anyway, if you're eligible, you should get that too, because I am just very of the opinion we should all... uh, gird ourselves for the coming months of I don't even know what's going to happen out there but take care of yourselves where you can take care of your neighbors who may need a little extra protection from illness congrats again to the writers guild for their amazing deal and ability to go back to work fingers crossed for SAG AFTRA to get the compensation they also richly deserve sometime in the very near future so that we can go back to getting excited about new shows coming down the pipeline that is our show thanks for listening take care of yourselves take care of each other pet a cat maybe it's about the season for that sort of thing and we will see you next week 